racking up strikeouts. He's got 15 strikeouts for Flackney in this game. He's got down. That's strikeout number 16 for Tyler Flackney. This ball game is over. And we're the best goddamn football league in the country. We're the best football, the best football league in the goddamn country. Period. Cheers. And welcome back to another episode of the HRL Touch 'Em All podcast. I'm Stash, your host, joined by Sanchez as well, our second host. Sanchez, how you doing? Good, Stash. How are you? A little sore after the weekend uh, with uh, the ALS tournament that Epstein put on, but uh, doing good. Yeah, that was that was a good time. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the two of us decided to put a team together along with Face, so we had a, a team there on Saturday. And then once the tournament got done, I made the brilliant idea to go home and finish working on a retaining wall, so I am uh, pretty much exhausted, even though it's a full day later. Yeah. And then we are also joined by Kmart this week. Kmart, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. So Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I, I wanted to be part of the exclusive club, so I appreciate the offer to join. Yeah, you're uh, number four or five? I think it's four. That's, that's still top five, so I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> So to kick off this week, I want to start with the question, where do you find the best wings in the Twin Cities? Like, where's your favorite place to go get wings? Um, I, I've, I'm very adamant about this. I mean, people say, you know, this is my favorite, this is the best. But hands down, no questions every time it's Runyon's. In Minneapolis, right on Washington, not too far from Target Field, Runyon's. It's a little bar. Best wings in the cities, easily. Finally, you know that, now, that, now that you mentioned that, because I haven't had them in like a decade, I had kind of forgotten them when I was prepping for the show. But I think you're right. Runyon's wings are darn yes. good. So good. They, they're phenomenal. And I'll, I'll say they, they, and you know, some places will do, you know, B dubs has got tons of flavors or whatever, but all they have is Buffalo. It's like medium large and they call it party size or something. So it's just like 10, 20, 30. It's just Buffalo and they make their own blue cheese in house. And it's just dynamite. So, so Kmart, I know that you're a Nodak boy and Cool. Went to school there. I'm not claiming. I'm not claiming birth there, but yes, <laughs> I will. I did go to school there. Did you ever make it up to Grand Forks? For what reason? Hell, no. I have been there a few times. Uh, <laughs> is there a good? I, there for is. anyone that knows, I went to NDSU and Fargo, and Stash went to uh, UND. So it's just amazing that I'm talking to you right now. But we'll set that aside for now. Uh, yeah, so there's a good wings place up there. It's called the Parrot's K, and I was curious if you've ever had those wings because they're they're similar to what you're saying, 
is that they basically only have one or two flavors there. Sure. And sure. it was like a buffalo and then like their house-made shark sauce. And so I was curious at how you would compare the buffalo with the one down here compared I, to I have there. not I have not been there or heard of the place. Um I get to be honest, the only place I know and can recall and embarrassingly you can't think of the name of it is what's that taco joint up there that's legendary? Taco uh, Bell. No. <laughs> no. That li- that line up there is unreal, but uh Taco Johns. Oh no. Red Pepper. Yes, that place is the reason that's that's a reason to drive up to Grand Forks. That place I, is awesome. I will tell you that is a very overrated place. I've been there. Oh, come I, on, very overrated. Fair. You 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 lived up there. I, t- yeah. I trust you, but yeah. it's a treat when I'm there, which oh, yeah, isn't Dan, very well, often. I uh, I'll throw some wings into the ring here. That they they probably aren't the best ever. Um, but they were very good, and uh, they were on special on Wednesdays in Osakis, Minnesota, where my in-laws' cabin is. Um, we were living up there for a summer while we remodeled our house back here in St. Paul, and uh, Wednesday night just became the night to go out to eat because the O-Town Tavern had wings on special where we could each get um, like this platter of wings, however many sauces we wanted, along with a... Uh, pitcher of beer so that's what the missus and i would do every wednesday night while we were up there that's, that's and the wings like were oh yeah yeah it's like so some nostalgia there but also the the wings were pretty good too yeah, that's... yeah i had to look up to see what shark sauce was and i'm not finding a <laughs> lot of uh, things oh. besides the first hit here is shark sauce will haunt your dreams trip advisor <laughs> So and I it does my favorite work. So yeah, so I think shark shark sauce is their own thing. It's a combination of their buffalo sauce along with barbecue sauce. Uh, so everything's made in house, and it, it's it's a decent flavor. It's not my favorite. I would prefer just straight up buffalo. Um, but that that's like the two sauces that they do up at Grand Forks there. Yeah, I I honestly. Buffalo's, regardless of where, not just Runyon's, but I just like a traditional buffalo the best, I think. In some places, get wild and crazy with them, but I think just a good, well-made buffalo is the the way to go. And then I'll say my favorite place is probably D-Spot down in Oakdale. Oh, yeah, um, they're good. Yeah. Um, going off of just the one that you said that Runyon's has, this place has over a hundred different sauces that you can choose from. So um, I just like that experience where I can go get like a ice cream sundae chicken wing. Like who does that? That sounds gross. Which does, <laughs> it also sounds kind of like the craft beer scene these days. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. jump the shark with our sauces and our flavor profiles. Yeah. Exactly. We, D-Spot is good. It's they they it's almost you're almost paralyzed by the amount of choice. You kinda have to have a plan, otherwise you just it's, it's like the cheesecake factory men, menu. It just goes on for days. We would be remiss though if we didn't do a shout out to Pork Boy. Um as the wings he made us for the the hot ones challenge that we did with Tubat and him, those yeah. were very 
mint wings. He smoked them. Uh, but at the same time, with those sauces, it did get crazy stupid very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I listened to that. It sounded, you were, sounded like you were in actual physical pain towards the end of that. Yeah, I mean, the hottest sauce isn't that far away from, what, pepper spray, I think we were reading? Yeah. Like, the Scoville units were basically um, a tactical weapon at that oh, point. That's, so that's uh, sounds lovely. we were... <laughs> We were putting that in our mouths, and it was making me uh, involuntarily cry. I, yeah. I was yeah. having a hard time reading, and you dare not touch your eyes. No, no, no. no. You, did you get all the way to the end, right? Oh, yeah. You made we it all the way through? Yeah, too bad, and I did all 10. How far did you make it, Casey? I made it all the way up to the bomb, so I did not have the bomb, but I've had it okay. before, and I, and I knew when to bow out because... Yeah, that was smart. <laughs> Yeah. I haven't had it, but I've heard nothing but bad things about the bomb. Well, uh, we can get you on uh, Too Bad's episode if you ever want. You yeah, I told him I'd be, I'd be game. I, I, I've done. I've, uh, I did that once at a, a rib festival with you know the sign the waiver sauce, and I'm like, really, how bad can it be? Um, and it, it made me involuntarily like shoot snot out of my head and hiccup and cry all at the same time. So um, I know what it feels like, and I guess I want to do it again. It's a little different. These sauces are definitely tasty. But let's move on. Uh, So this last week we got to recap just the one week because we had off for uh, Memorial Day. are you guys playing? Did you guys have any home runs? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. One per game, I believe. I think I got one off of Lulu, and then game two, I got one off of Thor. And I happened to not play last week. That was our bye week, so oh. I uh, oh. we didn't play last week. <laughs> All right. I got to rest the... Uh, Rest this arm, which I appreciate greatly anytime I can take a few days off from throwing. Oh, especially oh. with how you've been pitching this year, too? Yeah. I uh, I don't know. The arm arm feels good. I've told you this before, but I either pitch well or, I mean, let me preface that by saying well for me, not necessarily well compared to others, but I can either hit well or pitch well in any given season, and apparently this year I get to pitch well because I'm batting like shit. So. It's a pitching year. Good. I mean, you can just have Nelson, your snubbed yeah. all-star. Right. Take the reins on that. He, he's kind of coming back down to earth, though. So that might have been a that might have been a one-hit wonder last year. We'll see. And Casey, then at the end, who did you yeah. guys play this week? Did you get any we home had- runs? Yes, we had uh, the Rough Riders and Marlins. I hit one in each game. I actually hit one lefty against uh, Hater. So felt pretty good about that. Well, well done. That's always fun. To, yeah, nice. How are the we, Rough Riders this year? They're kind of. I haven't seen them in a few years. They're they got a bunch. They have a bunch of young kids now. Yeah, or. Couple rows that are giving them yep. a new life. Yep, yep. They got a. They're definitely on the older end, and then the younger age as well. So, 
Um, they don't have that 30-year-old group. They don't have um, your demographic. Right, exactly. Yeah. They got the newbies <laughs> and the oldies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they're, they're good for the league. That's good. Um, then uh, let's, let's move on to what everybody's drinking for tonight. Kmart, why don't you kick us off with that? What are you drinking? When I was back home, I actually went back to Fergus, my hometown, Fergus Falls, yesterday unexpectedly. Um, but while there, I picked up, there's a couple breweries in town. One of them's always been pretty solid. The other one's been, you know, I'll just say not very good. Um, but I heard they got a new head brewer, and so we tried it again, and it was surprisingly really tasty. So I picked up a 12-pack uh, on the way out of town. Um, Fergus, or Outstate Brewing, uh, Fergus Falls 150. It's celebrating the 150 years of the town this summer. Uh, it's just a plain old Pilsner, and it's delicious. I mean, what honestly, had had I known that we were going to talk this much, um, <laughs> Fergus, North Dakota, Northern Minnesota talk with you on, I would have <laughs> maybe not sent you the invite. <laughs> I just don't know a lot about that area. Uh, myself, no, that's and fine. I, I am, uh, <laughs> I'm just giving a hard time. Myself, I am drinking a Corona Premier um, this fine evening as I needed a little something slower than my normal fare as uh, we we had a grill out day in the sun with some margaritas earlier today. So taking it a little easy tonight. That makes sense. You you have to. Once we get up to this age, you kind of got to do that. How about you, Casey? I am drinking some high quality H2O tonight. Um, I've been battling a headache, so don't want to putting any alcohol in here and that's gone. Now also that sounds good, yeah, that sounds far more responsible than either Kmart or myself were at your age. So yeah. uh, hats off to you yeah, and I've, your generation for being smarter than us. Well <laughs> if, if I had to choose, I would be grabbing something out of the cooler that I had at uh last week's games and it would probably be like a Bud Light tie dye that they have out right now. Um what so is that, that? It's another seltzer. Okay. Uh, they got like uh, blue raspberry, uh, cherry limeade, and then a, like a berry flavor as well. So uh, they're they're all right. They're not better than probably seltzers straight up, but sure, they're, they're a game changer. Switch up, I should say. So yeah, that's probably what I would are, have. The seltzers are huge like they have like whole aisles of them now at liquor stores it's crazy that uh right. it's way better than i mean i'm really dating myself but all i got to try or all i had was zima seltzer now is hey I, I remember zima. zima in college <laughs> i do remember that i i remember we used to put uh jolly ranch yeah. yes <laughs> that's how you change the flavor you got to do it yourself <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was, uh, I think it came up this weekend because at the tournament, someone was drinking uh, Mike's Hard Lemonades. Uh, like yeah, they were going that, was style, the, so. uh, that was, was one that of the Rough Riders. Me Off? Yes, Me yeah. Off, yes. Yeah, that was Jack from the Rough Riders. He was just 
one after another. Uh, and I hadn't seen that since I was about 22 or when they actually came out. And uh, it made us think about uh, like off Ice and Mike's Heart yeah. Lemonade. And then Zemo, of course, came up as well. Yeah, that's the... Uh... That that uh, that's the roots of the seltzer movement. Those are the drinks that came before it. <laughs> well, here's another hard hitting question for you, Andy. Sure. You go by the uh, the name Kmart and have since yeah. since the beginning. Uh, yep. Why don't you run through and explain to us how you came up with that, or how your teammates, yeah. or how you came to have that name? Yeah, um, it it it's a I mean obviously recognizable name gets a lot of chuckles and you know at Shakopee a couple weeks ago, the kids watching were watching me bat and asking me if I like to shop there. So um, I get that a lot, um, but it actually has nothing to do with the store Kmart. Um, it came, like you said, very, very beginning um, before the league even started um, when truck was, you know, doing the mixers. Um, and I had talked out my skill to my teammates that year. Like I played my whole life. I'm wiffle ball. Yeah. I'm I, I'm great at this. Uh, and then I proceeded to strike out probably, I don't know, the first 30 at-bats or so, um, just without fail. Didn't even put anything in play. Um, so one at-bat, the other three of them, they, like, lined up down the third baseline, and they each had a couple bats in their hand. And um, as I was batting, they started banging them together and chanting Kmart at me. You know, okay, strike out. Um, and that's, it stuck. They just started calling me Kmart and I continued to strike out for a while until I kindly finally figured it out. But that's where Kmart came from. It has nothing to do with the discount chain that is sadly no longer with us. Actually really disappointed in that nickname now. Yeah. <laughs> I was so really I, I don't that, like, like you showed up in all like Kmart gear that you just picked off the oh, shelf. Yeah. No, it, it isn't as exciting or, you know, mysterious as, you know, yeah, it has nothing to do with the store. Um, they just, you know, started chanting that at me while I was batting, while I was mired in my 0 for 30 slump of strikeouts. Um, so that's where Kmart came from, and I've had it ever since. You know, I don't even think it's that it was that bad. I think your teammates were just mean. Looking well, yeah, at your I mean, stats here, I think you only had 41 41- let me check this again. I think it was 41 strikeouts that first year. Now, granted, it was in 24 games because right. everyone listening that doesn't know back in 04 and maybe the first few years, we didn't really have that much of a set schedule and it wasn't near as long as we play now. Um, like now we also we have the schedule, but we get three extras. Uh, there right. was an agreement by pretty much everyone that uh, you could play as many extra games as you wanted. So you could schedule... 50 extra games that if the teams could get them together, they'd all go in the stats and count. So it looks like 2004, you played 24 games and you struck out 41 times. Now I played 29 games and I struck out 43 times. So maybe I should be Kmart. Well, you could have been, um, no, but this, that, that was prior to the league actually starting. So I kindly, I kind of figured it out by the time we started, you know, playing for real. Um, this was just those mixers that I was struggling mightily. So, um, yeah, it, uh, I seem to have righted the ship a little bit, um, but I should, yeah, I guess I didn't even realize I figured it was more 41. That's not bad. 
41. It's not even your career high. You struck out 70 times once in uh, 2016. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, with a with a career as long and a as long and illustrious as mine, it ebbs and flows. So you mentioned about having some practices and some uh, gatherings before the league started. Uh, yeah. How did you and your team? So you came in with your own team. Not everyone yep. in two thousand four had their own team. So there were some like uh, scrubs, like myself and chops, that got put together with some other guys. But yep. you, John, Edgar, and Nelson all came in together. Uh, can you let us know how you came with that group and how you heard about the league to start with? Yeah. Um, we were fortunate to, you know, all come in together. Cause like you said, there was some, you know, truck kind of piece teams together with all the interested parties um, that didn't necessarily have a full team, but we did. Um, John, you mentioned my teammates that first year, John, all four of us went to college together. Um, and John happened to be listening to KFAN the morning the truck was on there talking about this league he wanted to start up. And to be honest, I don't recall how truck made his way onto KFAN in the first place. That is probably a good story in itself, but he was on KFAN talking about his league and John heard it. Um, and so I don't know when we saw each other next or he called us up or something and it's like, Hey, I heard about a wiffle ball league. And like, that sounds kind of cool. Um, so we agreed to check it out. Um, and then, so truck had some practices down in Egan at Ron park, I believe. Um, and at the time I lived with Edgar, one of my other teammates up in Brooklyn center. And I think it was a Saturday. Um, we drove all the way down Brooklyn center to Egan. And, um, <laughs> we stopped at Arby's on the way. Uh, and we pulled up to Ron Park um, with our Arby's in our laps and, you know, parked and looked over to the field. It was on a, you know, a Little League field. And it was Truck, uh, Mikey P. And these names you're not going to recognize, Stash, but uh, Sanchez definitely will. It was Chuck, oh, for sure. Truck, Mikey P, and 911, I want to say, and maybe Joe or a couple others. Maybe you were there at that point. I guess I don't remember. But we I made it to a couple saw, of the early ones, yeah. And we saw that that <laughs> gaggle of humans and um, not knowing any of them yet. And Edgar looks at me, and he's like, what the hell are we doing? Like, let's just turn around and go home. And I was like, well, we drove all the way down here. Let's check it out at least. I mean, why would we drive all the way down here to turn around and go home? So let's at least check it out. Because you um, guys so are coming up from Brooklyn, Brooklyn Park, so, right? right? Brooklyn Center, yeah. So it was a hike. I mean, yeah, it was not a short drive. And, and and I just, I basically said, like, let's at least check it out. Why not? If it sucks, we don't have to come back. Um, so he's like, all right, let's go. And so we hopped out of the car, and as they say, the rest is history. But we were real close to just turning around and going home that day. So thank God we didn't. Right. And I think people may not understand uh, just how fragile the league was during those those first few weeks where Truck was trying to put it together because oh, he yeah. honest he 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 had the he had a, an article in the paper about it and that's how uh, myself and Chops heard about the league and we also came to a practice or two um, and he had the the radio spot 
And so it was just this gaggle of a bunch of random people that were showing up and at least you guys knew each other and like, I mean, right. Thompson and I knew each other, but we, we didn't know the rest of the guys on our team and you would just have this agreement. You were going to show up and we, we didn't have lights at that time because we weren't officially through any city. So that could have gone south real quick. Like if you guys yeah. had just stayed in the car and enjoyed your Arby's important note yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> or say like, or say any, a number of the other guys in 04 would have just shown up and just been like, I don't know these guys look a little shady or this guy rubbed me the wrong way talking to him at the, at the practices. Like, I'm just not going to show up and we could have had, you know, we only had eight teams, but we easily could have had, you know, four or five flake out. And then what kind of league would that have been moving forward? So. Right. I I remember like, and each after each practice, I mean, he, yeah, he held it together with duct tape, like, scrounging up enough guys and i remember we, we didn't like you said we didn't have an official city and or lights and oh. we, i remember it, we didn't start that first season until after memorial day and he just yeah, like, said did. okay here's the start of the league here's your teams and that was it as i and recall it was a, kind of a rough patchwork of a website um as yep. you can imagine like 19 years ago it probably wasn't. It's definitely not as much shine and polish as D has put into it over the years. Uh, and those first few practices, we were just meeting up on a softball field. And the mm-hmm. idea was like, okay, if you hit a ball in the air out to the grass, it's going to be considered a home run. We don't know if we're going to play in the fields this way or not. And then I think it was Westy and Joe that actually came up together with the idea of playing in the rinks that yep. we use now. And that's yep. kind of how that evolved. And there's another point there. If we hadn't started doing that, I don't know who would have stuck around. Like I wasn't that, you know, enamored by the idea of playing on just dirt infields the entire time. No. I mean, no, granted we would have had much better fielding and uh ground ball rates <laughs> like that, but uh Yeah, it yeah, that's right. I mean, that. We so didn't was the, tran- was the transition yeah. from that little league field to the rinks during those practice sessions or during the actual year that you guys were playing? It was before we the season. Yeah. Okay. What, right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We, we, yeah. 100% all of our games at least were played in the rinks at Sky Hill. And yep. we actually played on the same rinks um, that are paved over right now. So those originally right. had grass in them, grass. And that was, yeah, the first rinks we ever played in, the first fields. We only yep. once used the ranks that we play in now, uh, and that was for like the all eight team massive playoff uh, first that round. We, we did. Yep, the yeah. first round of the playoff. Yep. Yeah. So I think yeah, like you, I agree. If we would have stayed on little league fields, you know, in the dirt infield, it wasn't nearly as much fun as when we discovered the rinks and you know the satisfaction of like having an enclosed field and being able to hit it over a fence like it it totally changed the game when they came up with the rink idea yeah and who i just happenstance that it happens to be the perfect size that we can split a rink pretty much any rink i know carnelian gets pretty short on some of the fences but you know we're all playing under the same the same rules at that point so it doesn't really matter much but like Sky Hill having, you know, like 89 feet down to each corner and then about 100, 110 feet straightaway center field, depending mm-hmm. on how you kind of shift them. Like, it, those are almost ideal dimensions for mm-hmm. a wiffle ball. 
Uh, yeah. I don't know if you were drawing it up and like making a field from scratch, if you could hit those dimensions much differently, especially with the quirks of the high chain link fence. And then the one field always having, we call it the short porch, but really all it is is just the shorter fence porch. So, right. Yeah. I, it's, I it's, it was perfect. For factor field, it's not too much of a different dimension either. And we kind of have a different play style. Um, I think it's right around 70 feet down the lines and then like 110 out to center field. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy how that kind of lines up with what you guys found at the rinks. Yeah. Yeah, and even at Fairly Fractor, you you have that taller fence out in the right center field, right? If I remember correctly. Yep. Yeah, it was a stroke of genius by those two. All credit to Westy and Joe that, said here's what we're gonna do and i remember i think joe even had drawings of it like here's what it's gonna look like and oh then, yeah the engineer and him came through yeah rather quickly on that, <laughs> that aspect so yeah and we uh, we yeah. didn't have lights so if it got dark like this was just the ragtag shit we we'd drive our cars into the rink and <laughs> illuminate the field with headlights when it would get dark that was yeah year one. truck's little car. Didn't we call it like the wiffle wagon? Yeah, the wiffle time, wagon. That was, that was almost for sure going to make an appearance inside the rank if one of the games went late. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh. the, you, we as much as we wanted to play like triple headers, there wasn't a ton of them. I don't think back then, just because we no. didn't have any lights. And so then the next thing, how we the, over. What did we double the size of the league in 2005? Yep. That's Eight another crazy step forward. But yep. it worked, and here we are now. So, since you've been in the league for forever, Kmart, is there, or do you like where the league is at right now compared to where it was starting off? Um. Yeah i, I i'm I'm constantly amazed that it it's just a and we've ch- I've chatted about this before, probably with Nick and you know others, but it's just a vol- it's it's like a living organism. I mean, we've had I mean, it's Trucks Baby, and he's obviously the the guy. But the way this league has been able to continually shift and adapt and grow and contract and then grow again, and you know, see changes in leadership, and just keep getting better and better. And, like, now it's another renaissance of, you know, adding in the things like the games of the week and this podcast. And it's just, I feel like there's a new a new energy to it because it was starting to feel a little stale, I would say, personally, in the last, you know, number of years. And so it's just been awesome seeing it, like, almost reborn with uh, the energy and the excitement and the youth movement and... So yeah, I'd absolutely say I love where it's at. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I like tradition, so I don't necessarily like change for change sake. Um, you know, I like to talk about you know, like all old guys. I like I like the way it used to be, but honestly, I I, I think it's better now than it ever has been, in my opinion. And it's sky's the limit. I mean, we got great people running the league. Um, it's in good hands. Trucks handed it off, and now he just gets to sit back. And sometimes I wonder, like, what what he runs through his mind when he looks around and sees what he's created. Because right. I mean, he, he created the league this big, 
and not and he knows this but and he created like hundreds of friendships like right. new like people you never would have known some of my best friends came from this league and i left college thinking i've got my friends i don't need a bunch more and then i went and made oh, a yeah. new friend it's crazy I, think, I was thinking about before we started tonight that you might if if you take away like family members, you've got to be up there for the person in the league who has lived with the most other HRL people, from <laughs> Edgar, me, Dutch, Matt Nelson, yeah. dog. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I'm not sure how many others, but like the fact that uh, well, yeah, I, I lived you, with my teammates in college, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's a good point. <laughs> and uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, don't forget that it's not just this big. It is the biggest football league in the country. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. It's it's wild. And, and I, uh, think, I think it's the second longest running league, too, only be, behind Skibby, I believe. Really? And I, I, mean, I wouldn't doubt it. Right. Skibby 2004 is, a long time ago. Right, and I think Skibby's 20 years old, but they only play on one weekend now compared to what we do is where it's a full summer long thing. Right. So, so you're saying we need to sabotage their weekend this year so we can take it over. Yeah, their weekend oh, already right. happened. Yeah, their weekend already happened. All right, well, we have plenty of time to plan for next year. Next year. <laughs> <The> weather machine. <laughs> uh, so touching, base, touching on that a little bit, Andy, uh, Andy equals Kmart, Nick equals Sanchez for you. Those of you listening that uh, haven't picked up on that. Um. Because something you said about how many friendships and uh, connections you've made in from this, and how many all we have. All right. So, like, you got married. I don't know how many years ago, but someone you met in the league was like he was your best man, Borky, who played on the Whalers and Whiffle for Wishes with us many years. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, another connection there would be um, Borky joined in 2005, I think, with the Indians. Yep. His wife. Yep worked at uh, the same school as my now wife and i only met her because borky used to throw house parties and he joined the league so a bunch of us older guys all have these connections and it so much stems back towards uh the beginning of the league and yeah wiffle ball yeah wiffle ball yeah it's it's marriages i mean marriages and kids and families like you can trace them back to us showing up at a park in egan in 2004 yeah that's wild my kids my kid hangs out with uh cheesy's kids still you know we we have little play dates in the park and things like that and he hasn't played in years but he's been around since the beginning too and you know so but that was that's a cool thing to touch on uh you mentioned the league at times feeling a little stale. Um, did you, have you ever considered retiring? Cause there's, there's only eight of us left from that first group of 2004. And there's yeah. been plenty of people who have come and gone in that time. Um, was there ever a time like, in, or a specific instance that you just kind of sat back and you're just like, I don't know if I'm having fun with this or it's just not worth the hassle or maybe I want to go play softball again. Or was there something that ever came up that you thought might replace wiffle ball? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I never considered retiring. Um, I mean, part of me, I think the FOMO would be too much, like just hanging up and walking away. Like I would miss it. And like the missing out of that, 
I don't know if I can handle that. So I think I'll probably play until I just fall to pieces on the rink. Um, I'll be 95 years old um, and, you know, just have to be dragged out of there. But, no, I, I've never considered quitting. Um, there's been years that have been, you know, maybe not as much fun as they could be. Um, and maybe that's, I think part of it is, and I've fully embraced it now, but we've always been a fairly good team. I mean, it's year to year, you know, a little better, a little worse, but in the last, you know, six years, as we age, we're not exactly infusing youth onto our roster. Um, we're just getting, you know, progressively fewer wins. And I think at first that was hard and wasn't as much fun for me. Like, Sure, we may not win a ton of games, but we're not really winning any games. And then once I, you know, started to embrace the suck, um, it got fun again. Um, so it's just a mindset. Um, and you mentioned softball. Um, and, well, you, we played we played together in softball as well. Um, at the peak, you and I were playing three nights of softball and wiffle ball. And I remember we'd have this conversation, like if we need to cut a league or leagues, what would you drop? Um, oh, the answer and, is always I, and I used to always say, well, never going to drop Tuesday softball. Like that's my favorite. Um, but as the years went on, obviously we dropped one softball league and then we dropped another and then we dropped them all. And, you know, wiffle ball is the last one standing. Um, but honestly, I didn't think I'd ever drop, you know, softball completely, but now that I have, I don't really miss it. I miss things about it, but I think I made the right choice staying with wiffle ball and just dropping softball. Yeah, the only thing I miss about softball really is playing defense. I yeah. loved playing the outfield and catching fly balls, yep. diving for like a line drive and stealing a hit away. Yep. That that actually felt the closest thing to actually playing baseball again because we played slow pitch um right and i don't know a loved ball in well it was fun to hit every now and then if you were good at it it just it didn't have that same thrill for me right. and so wiffle ball coming along was actually a perfect substitute to the competitive edge that came with playing baseball growing up so mm -hmm. That's why it was always kind of an easier choice for me that, you know, like you said, we were playing a lot of both. Like, I think it was one time we figured out if we played a Monday and a Thursday in wiffle ball, we were playing Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then yeah. if there was anything on the weekend, we would have that too. And, you know, when you're in your 20s, that works out just fine. But then when you start having significant others and families, that uh, has to go. Or you yeah. have to start making those choices. So. Yeah, that was that that couple summers, and it was all over the metro. Um, and that was also, I fondly remember one summer because we'd play ball and then go to the bar and eat and drink and you know wash, rinse, repeat five nights a week. Um, one summer, I think I put on about forty pounds because of that. <laughs> um, so not my finest moment, but it was a tasty summer, if I recall. There is there's parts of me now as a 40-year-old that wonders how we were able to retain jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Because <laughs> we closed well, we the bar. We didn't, we didn't, you know, post games now are great. And, you know, I honestly don't go to them that often anymore, full disclosure. But, I mean, people responsibly post game now 
our dumbasses close down the bar at 2 a.m. at least two nights a week. Like, yeah, without a doubt. I think it, dumb I is the correct word for that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In hindsight, yeah, that's dumb as hell. But it was a badge of honor when we were doing it. Yeah. So, so you've been yeah. around forever. And how, are there any changes that you would like to see happen with the league? Or do you have any ideas? Because like, you've been involved with, I don't know, what do we call it? The front office, the the... Yeah. the league hierarchy you've been involved with it for years and years are there any yeah. changes that you've really been trying to push for that haven't gotten made through yet or i don't know any sneak peeks you can give us and our listeners that we might see coming down the pipeline not not really um i mean there's always you know the same discussions every year you know pitch speed and that's you know that's the elephant in the room every year what? Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> Shocker. Um, but there's talk of, you know, eventually upgrading radars to, you know, get consistency across all the fields. Um, those, the, you know, the pocket ones that seem to be pretty reliable. So I think that's something being looked into is, you know, budgeting for that. Um, but other than that, there's no nothing that I'd really change. I think any changes we've made throughout the course of the league have been good changes. Um, the one hill I would die on that I see now why it was necessary, but the minor league team names, I fought against that every year that it came up. I voted no every time. Um, but selfishly, um, I have a team, I've had the team name the whole time. As a new guy coming in, you're like, all right, what do you want to name your team? You can't be these 22 teams. Here's the fifth five you can pick from. So I get why it had to change, but that was the one rule that I wasn't in favor of when it happened was um, opening up the team names to minor league teams. Um, that's the only one, honestly, that I even cared about. Um, but now I don't really mind it it's kind of fun have you ever considered changing your team's name from the twins not really again because i know if I, we dropped it it would get snatched up by someone else um being it's the home you know the local team i imagine anyway i um, mean i like the history of it i'm a big fan of the history of the league and that's another thing and again another thing that i've grown to like and get accustomed to but uh, we never used to redraw for divisions every year. And I liked the consistency and the, the rivalries built with the same divisions and this, basically the same team names. And, you know, that would build up over years. And now, you know, we redraw every year. It's not like we don't know everyone, but that was another thing that was well, I was a little slow to get on board with was the division draws each year. Um, do you like it better now? Short, what's that? Do you like the division draws better now? Have you come to embrace that and enjoy yeah, it? Or is that still something you would like to see go away? No, I like it. I mean, like I said, we know each other, so we're going to see each other and play each other. Um, so, no, I, I like it. And it is fun at the winter meeting to do the draw, like the anticipation and the excitement, of, you know, drawing the name and seeing where you land. So I like it, um, and I, I would. Dash, what you do know. you what do you think about the uh, the division draw? 
don't know that we've um, ever really talked about that part. Right, we haven't. So I'm. I, that's all I've known. But I didn't know that the league never used to draw for it beforehand. And I kind of like that idea. But at the same time, if you're stuck in a division that you can't win with the people right. that you came into or want to play with, is it worth it sticking around in the HRL? Right. So, I mean, I, I, I see the argument to both sides. I, I, Based on where I am, I would like that same division every single year, just like how Kmart was saying, where you get the same rivalries. You get, you get the sure. same people. You, you battle them four, t- four times a year or whatever it is. So um, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, I don't think I'm going anywhere. I'm going to try and keep the rubber ducks as long as possible. So, um, I I I won't be opposed to it. I personally really enjoy it. It's one of my favorite things about the league is that uh, we do the division draw every winter meeting. And in fact, lately it's been about the only thing we really need to do at the winter meeting because there hasn't been a lot of too much uh, rule change talk or anything like that at it. So it, it gives us kind of an excuse to gather for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, well, I do like the idea of, you know, the divisions staying the same. I mean, I can understand that and wanting to build up those rivalries, but uh, I don't know if we, we have that ability at this point, given how many teams have changed cities recently or right. how many teams have kind of split apart and, um, rebuilt themselves so I, it almost feels like we would have to lock in a few more things like the number of teams for sure would have to stay the same or it, it it would it feels like it would become a much bigger deal in order for a team to be able to switch anything like i, right. I feel like the yeah. grasshoppers or the the aces their development would wouldn't be as easily you know obtainable just because we'd have to figure it out or they'd have to talk to Huck or the commission, figure out like, can we do this? How do we do this? And yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it would just end up being free agency would be a little wilder and we would have, right. instead of guys all quitting a team and starting up a new team, you would have someone who would own, oh, let's just use the aces would own the aces name. And while the, the cast may change, one guy would stay the same or maybe, you know, they would even hand the captain the thing off, but they wouldn't change names as much. I don't know. It's an interesting thing to kind of think about. Right. I was going to say it might be almost, almost like contracts, not like official contracts, but like, Hey, you got to stay on this team for two years before you can enter free agency or you have to have at least six guys on the roster at all times. You can't have a four-man squad or five-man squad. You have to have like all these rules just to make sure that you have enough teams there so that there's not a whole lot of movement going on. Another yeah, thing I just... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, and, and a lot of that talk gets pretty tricky when you're right. discussing it with these guys because you know some teams are going to want to be a three- to four-man team because they know they're all going to show up, but you, we, you know, like you, if I get the point of it, because we can't, we couldn't guarantee that team would stick around next year. If three of those four guys want to go test free agency, then it would be just a mad rush trying to find a roster, fill a roster again. And, and I was going to say, and I just thought of this, I think why we were able to keep it like that division static. Um, we never used to have a lot of movement. 
Like now there's, you know, guys jumping teams all the time. But if I recall, you know, those first handful of years, there really wasn't any movement. I remember when your team, Sanchez, you had one of the first, you know, trades in HRL history where, uh, yeah, we did an actual trade. Cheesy and Peak switched teams, but that was like the first time guys changed teams, really. Honestly, unless I'm forgetting someone, but there wasn't a lot of team hopping at all for a while. No, there wasn't. There was there was a little bit of you know switch up. So like from 2004 to 2005, we lost the the original A's, the team that Cheesy played on. Um, like uh, most of his team kind of went the wayside or they joined up with, gosh, was it the senators, the original senators? Um, is that where nine one one went? Or, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Larry, Larry didn't have a team. So we were at the winter meeting and I can remember texting rocket or chops or someone and saying like, Hey, can we sign? Do you guys care if we sign cheesy? Um, and they didn't. They didn't care. So we went into 2005 with that change, uh, and mm-hmm. of course, that's when the huge wave of additional teams came in. And but you're right. There was a little bit of hopping here and there. My teams for I don't know, like the first eight or nine years until we signed DJ and Dobbs, we had a revolving door of cast coming in and out. Three and four. It was you and Chops. Yeah. And yeah. Two new people like, every year. Yeah, and it wasn't like people were joining us as free agents and then jumping ship. It was more like, um, like Pearl, who I don't even know if he plays on your team anymore. We, we brought him aboard because we needed a fourth. And so we brought him in and right. box came in on our team originally as a free agent who wanted to join the league. And it just, we, we had a hard time filling out our roster with guys we knew. So we kept adding teams, uh, adding yeah. players, but, uh, it wasn't like a, a free agent swap between five or six teams. No, and is yeah. so when the divisions weren't changing, you guys were with the Brewers, correct? In your yeah. division, and we, that's kind of nope. how one of the original uh, traveling trophies started. You guys had this yeah. giant empty keg that I don't know who had it in their basement, but when we were living together in our basement, and it was this bl- dark blue and baby blue painted thing <laughs> with both <laughs> your team logos and the history of the matchups written on it. Who, yeah. who started that? And yeah, did, did you, you guys talked about did Joe? Joe did. Joe was, Joe was the mastermind behind so many ideas from our league. I think he, he was just, a, he came up with this stuff, but uh, you guys talked about this on a couple episodes ago, I think. And it got me thinking about that. Um, I still have the keg. It's in my basement. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. It's, it's a full 16 gallon keg and he, and he pan painted that thing half baby blue and half, you know, dark blue with our logos on each side. And then on one side of it, it says results. And he'd like tape, you know, he'd print off on tape the score of each of our games and slap that to the side of the barrel. Um, so it's got our running head to head standings. Um, and when that went defunct, it was in our possession. And I've had it ever since. Um, so yeah, Joe I, came up with that and it, it was awesome because we'd, you know, lug that thing to the field and we'd play our games and <laughs> the victor got to lug that thing back home again. <laughs> I think Joe for the Braves Brewer series, I think he actually made some sort of weird looking peace pipe uh, as a um, playoff of our team name. 
Yeah, I, and I don't uh, know whatever no. happened with it. It maybe it's in your basement too. I know it's in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> you have the peace pipe. <laughs> I got the peace pipe. I'm like the unofficial HRL uh, museum. The I've museum. got. I've got the peace pipe and the. They might actually be sitting next to each other downstairs under my shuffleboard. <laughs> all right, all right. One more then, because um, I don't know what happened to this, but. Once upon a time in the HRL history, kids, uh, taking walks was kind of frowned upon. I know that's a shocker to some of you who also still hate taking walks. Um, but it kind of got to be a joke of what team was taking the most walks or what individual was you know, fishing for walks. Yeah. And one year at the end of the season, the Braves had the most walks, which that's not a shocker. We always took our walks. Um, but Cheesy, Larry, he shows up out of the blue, and he had gone and bought a toilet seat with lid. And he had made this HRL walks season champion uh, trophy out of this toilet seat. And he had printed, like, the Braves on it and the year and how many walks we had. And then he gave it to us. And I don't know what ever happened to that. But the, <laughs> idea was, the idea was the next year, whoever had the most walks got the toilet you know, seat. We, yeah, we were supposed to write down the team name and then give it to that team. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, there was there was a rotating toilet seat for walks championship or walks I, uh, leaders. I don't have that. I actually I didn't. I've never even heard that story. Um, so that oh. is not in the not in my Wiffle Museum. Um, it's it's been in the back story. of my head a few times here that maybe I should <laughs> go down to Home Depot and buy one and, and restart that. That's awesome. <laughs> Casey, no, would, you, uh, would you enjoy having your team handed a toilet seat trophy at the end of the season? <laughs> My team would never get there because we lead the or we're We usually have two high, like, at towards the top of the people that strike out in the league. So uh, I don't think we would ever be considered for that trophy. No. Well, one uh, can dream. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen. But kind of going off of that, uh, Kmart, what's the greatest achievement that you've ever had in the HRL? Well, um, and if this gets discounted by historians all the time, but we won the damn cup, and I'm not ashamed that there was only eight teams in the league when we did it. Um, so easily it was winning the cup the first year. Uh, we... We hoisted that. Sanchez was there. It was a very cold, cold late October night. Um, Down at, at Oaks Park, Park, right? Oaks yeah. Park and Hopkins. Um, we hoisted the cup, and the only evidence is a few still photos. That was the extent of the coverage of the World Series back in the day, was Nick taking pictures. Um, you know, we have. I think there's about four or five pictures of us holding the cup when it was over and that was it. So that was definitely the best or my best or, you know, favorite memory and best achievement would be winning the cup. The original um, some cup. And but we, that, I bet that felt good the first year. Yeah. I mean, and it was the first year and little did we know, it, you know, be still getting passed around to the champ 20 years later, damn near. But um, yeah, all we, that, what that cup has seen. Oh, oh God. Gosh. I, I do, I do, Edgar, like my, former teammate, my former teammate and roommate at the time, Edgar, when we got it, you know, we won, we poured beer in it, we drank out of it, and it leaked like a sieve out the bottom. 
Um, so he actually he actually went to the hardware store and got a got a washer and threw that in the cup so it could properly hold beer without leaking uh, when it was still safe to drink out of. I've seen the inside now and God <laughs> yeah, there's no, no shot. But you know, once upon a time you could drink out of it to not be worried about hepatitis. <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't, I don't, no one can take that away from you. Um, oh, yeah. From 2004 HRL champs, you will always be an HRL champion, to, yeah. as you, you said earlier in the pod, um, embracing the suck now. Yeah. So it's I mean, like, you've maybe seen everything the HRL has to offer. We'll see if we can't get a few more curveballs thrown your way by the, the next generation coming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I used to argue with, I think, Tugboat maybe, oh, former Red Sox legend. I mean, he'd say, yeah, but it was only eight teams. I'm like, so what? I didn't choose the number of teams in the league. We we beat who we needed to be. We Wayne made the playoffs. Everyone made the playoffs, you know, all eight, all eight teams. And we went in with a losing record. We were 13 and 14. And uh, we didn't even lose a game until the World Series. So it was a, it was a magical, it was a magical couple months. That That's probably another thing that you can put on your belt, too, is that you're the only team with a losing record in the regular season to ever win a cup. That's a good, yeah, that's a good point. I'm guessing that hasn't happened since. No, it'll take a hell of a run through Wiffapalooza in the playoffs for a losing record yeah. team to, to get there now. Yeah, we, we actually, for a number of years, um, back when we had Steve and a couple others, and the Blue Sox, you know, claim, claim it now, you know, they like to run through the Wiffapalooza, but there was a good three, four years where we, we did that. Um, and then... That's about the time the wheels fell off, and we haven't sniffed it since. But um, there's a handful of years where we'd run the Wiffle Palooza table and make it, and then get promptly spanked by a good team in the, you know, next round. But um, those are yes. fun memories too. And now it's just it's all gravy from here. Um, we've we've done it. We've seen it. Now we just something to do on Thursday nights, I guess. <laughs> So you touched on this earlier, is that you are part of the league brass and you are the Hopkins rep. Yep. Um, so kind of tell us how you got into this role, what it entails, and does this diff- is this any different than what the Egan representative has to deal with? Um, yeah, so I got this originally um, from Joe. We've mentioned his name a few times, Joe Lawrence. Um, Truck, you know, founded the league, and he was the head cheese. But Joe was definitely the the right hand man and kind of the idea man, along with Truck in those early days. Um, and he's the one that actually secured our ability to play in Hopkins. Because, like Sanchez said, we started in Egan in two thousand four. We played our entire season in Egan. We played the playoffs in Egan. But and I don't know the details, but he was able to get us access to playing at Oaks in Hopkins in the World Series, which is where we ended up winning the cup. Um, so we had light access to lights there. So whatever he did or whoever he talked to, the reason we're now in two cities is because Joe was able to secure that park in October of 2004 to allow the World Series to play there. Um, so he was the original city rep for Hopkins. Um, and then he moved back to Michigan where he's from. I don't remember how many years later. Um, he played a, several years, but um, he handed that to me basically and said, 
you know, I'm leaving. Um, would you be willing to take that from me? And I agreed. And at the time, that meant, you know, at the end of the year, I'd store all the stuff in my garage. Um, I lived at a house with a garage that no one put a car in. So all of our scoreboards and stuff would go into my garage every winter. But uh, basically, the extent of it throughout the years basically just been the contact with the city, you know, making sure the city gets paid and, you know, requesting the grass be mowed and things like that. Um, getting you, you and know, I, you and I scrambling the one time Jenny called us up and said that the city of Hopkins no longer wanted to be oh. associated with us. Oh God, that was, <laughs> that was, Oh shit. I remember that. Yeah. That was right before um, the season too, wasn't it? Right before the season. Um, cause I don't know. That's, I didn't even, I forgot about that. Um, cause I don't know what Joe did or what dirt he had on the city, but the original contract for what we had to pay them was just obscenely low, like silly low. We're talking like 400 bucks for the summer load, just a stupid low number. Um, and we got to use the rink. Um, so yeah, that, that spring, that could have well, ended very badly. Yeah, you, you got involved with that, and then I got involved, too, because I think I was at some point, like, the vice commissioner, or I don't even know yeah, what I was yeah. at that point, but I got involved with her and talked talk to her, and it came down to that they had had a, um, basically, a park and rec board meeting, and they looked at this, and they were like, we're getting this low amount of money, and we put it up on our website, like, people can sign up for it, but we don't allow people to sign up for it. So why are we having these yahoos through our park and rec system? So I, I got once I got that out of her, it was like we could we could start talking terms of, is this really you want nothing us with nothing to do with us and you don't want us around? Or are you just looking for a way to get this off your park and rec website and maybe we can just rent it? And it seemed like it was just like a, this revelation with them that, Oh yeah, I suppose we could rent the fields out to you, and then we would just have it on the side. And so you know, we we did some whipped up some quick math, and um, I don't know, we probably even lowballed it, just thinking we were going to negotiate. And she came back right away with like, "Yep, that sounds great, Valley and Central. Okay, you can use them both." Yep. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it was, and, and now these days, certain things have gotten a little more stringent, where you know we have to have lights on timers and things like that. But it, originally, it was some of us just had keys to the city basically like I, yeah. I don't know what that key could get us into but it was basically every warming house and hut shed yeah. in the yeah. city of st uh city of hopkins i mean and yeah it's like and i you know we maybe abused it a few times i know we left the lights on a couple times and that wasn't yeah. cool um yeah but usually it got caught because there would be a, a wreck guy around to do with the softball fields on the other side too but uh right yeah, I, it was just kind of a crazy moment where it was right before the season was going to start, and we had this big panic of, like, where are we going to put, I don't know, even how many teams it was. We're like, where are we going to play all these games? And is this going to be the death of the league? Because you're definitely not going to get a complete half of, this, half of the, the league to all cram into Egan no. and play, like, three different nights a week. So one of the beauties yeah. of this league has always been that we've we've done the Monday Thursday thing and you really only play once a week. So yeah, so that yeah, I forgot all about that the whole the Jenny thing. Um, 
Yeah, it uh, that could have ended very badly. Um, and like you said, we used to be able to, you know, just run the lights ourselves. And I won't say his name, but there is someone in our league that accidentally turned the lights off on softball games mid-game once after wiffle ball, and that's when they took away our lights privileges. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> at least at least for a summer, because um, that happened at Central. Uh, but I won't say his name. Um, so that's that's what I do basically. Is I I've um, I got my contact at the city, and so each spring we, you know, line that up and. I collect the money, I pay the rent, um, you know, and supplies and stuff. Uh, truck a number of years ago when he didn't want to co-mingle league funds with um, Whifflin for Wishes funds, he sent me the balance of the league kitty, if you will, and said, here, you keep track of it. I need to keep these separate. Um, so for the last half dozen or more years, I'm the, I guess, de facto treasurer. Um, so I collect the fees and such. Um, but like, Sanchez said, "We're not on a rec. We're not on their rec um, schedule or anything. We're not a league that they sponsor per se. We're just a tenant that rents their rinks. Um, whereas Egan, that's still run through the city, very much run through the city. Um, I guess who is the? Is that still Rocket and Egan? I think the, the I think Rocket city, and right? uh, Epstein are kind of running it. Okay, so they they that's set up differently." Um, so Egan teams actually pay the city of Egan their team fees, whereas Hopkins, you guys all just pay me, and then I turn around and pay the rent. Um, so that's that's the main distinction. Um, and you know Egan sets up the fields and Egan orders supplies for them, you know new balls and stuff. Um, whereas we have the freedom to you know make our own budget decisions and buy what we need and whatnot um so that's that's a big difference between egan and hopkins and i i mean it, egan's worked well we've been there forever so i mean if it's not broke it's not broke you don't need to fix it but i do like the freedom that we're not you know an official rec program in hopkins like you got like it's over in egan um, so awesome. Well, I think that's going to do it for our first segment of this episode. Um, we're running a little long, so we're going to break this up into two different ones. In our second episode, we're going to be talking about the standings and the interleague play. So this one was all about Kmart, and I want to thank you, Kmart, for giving us more insight into the league since you've been an OG and getting to know Yeah, yeah it's, uh, this is fun. I, I was excited to talk about I mean, and with your co-host, being an OG as well, um, it's fun talking, you know, talking shop and talking the back in my day with someone um, on the same footing. So yeah, it's fun reminiscing and remembering all the things we, you know, all the fun yeah. games and memories from twenty damn years ago. <laughs> you know, I could have sworn that you were going to say your greatest achievement was tying me in home runs in two thousand four. Did uh, I? Yeah, you had nine. I had nine. But uh, I oh, guess nice. winning I the cup in the, the league championship is pretty cool. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's I, mean, I did not know that. A lot of us have never done it. So I didn't realize yeah. it until I was looking at your page tonight. Huh. Oh, that's awesome. I uh, I usually just fixate on the number of career losses I have. I don't deviate much from that. 
you have a goal there? Like uh, we've we've um sorry to drag it out a little more, Stash, but we've we've had a theory here that you're trying really hard to keep that career losses number uh under your career wins or at least uh keep them balanced. I do see them flirting with each other. It's like a little dance between the two. Um I was solidly above it for a while, it's solidly as in like, you know, fifteen, twenty games above it. Um but yeah the the more we lean into the suck, the harder it is to keep the wins number higher than the losses number. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where it shakes out by the end of this year. Right. And with that, we're going to close it out. And hopefully, or no, we'll have an episode for tomorrow. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, have some great whiffles. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for joining.